This is episode 613 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article, General Public's Prepping Approach, Wait to the Last Minute. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey everyone, this episode is sponsored by the exclusive Prepper Website email group, which allows you to communicate with other preppers right from your email. You don't have to worry about your every link or your every click or your every word being tracked by social media. This email group resides on the same servers as Prepper Website. So for more information, you can visit PrepperWebsite.net or you could click the link in the show notes. Hey, before we get started, I have a review. I just want to uh, read very quickly and just give a quick shout out to GBJ1973. Uh, Thanks so much for giving this five-star review. Uh, It says, absolutely the best preparedness podcast, no wasted time trying to sell the next best product, no senseless banter, no no annoying music. Todd presents information in an easy-to-understand format, useful information, not just for the end of the world as we know it. The podcast, as well as the website, is no-nonsense prepper goodness. Well, GBJ, thank you so much for leaving that review. It, it It always means so much, and greatly appreciate that. So let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to us from MickRoland.com, and that's Mick-Roland.com. You know, Mick is one of the guys over on the Prepper website forums because he purchased the ebook, uh, you know, Preparedness Guide to Your Own Microbiz and Starting Your Business and Having Your Own Side Hustle. And uh, back in the day when I was really promoting that, and he joined the forums there, and he's, uh, he's a member of the forums. And so I get to interact with him. And he's always sharing out his articles. And we post those on Prepper website as well. And uh, Mick has a lot of great insight as he homesteads out there. And he's living the preparedness life. And he gets to share these insights with us. And I think this is one of those great articles that is kind of like a little wake-up call. Especially for a lot of you that are up north dealing with wintertime. Or, you know, you know it, this article is actually written a little bit... Um, before like a winter storm hits and what he saw that people were dealing with. So there's a lot of great information here. I'm going to go ahead and read this article and then I want to dig into some ideas that I just jotted down uh, to share with you. So let's go ahead and read again coming from Mick and then the the URL is mick-roland.com but the article is entitled General Public's Prepping Approach Wait to the Last Minute. So let's go ahead and get started. Today provided a useful lesson in how the general public will behave just before some impending trouble. Today was also a perfect example of Proverbs 23.3, the wise see danger ahead and avoid it, but fools keep going and get into trouble. While on the way to church this morning, we passed a local tire shop. All of their bays were full of cars. The parking lot was completely full of cars. Cars were parked along the street for lack of room. Typical for this store is having three or four cars in the lot or the bays. What was different about today? The forecast was for a foot of snow starting this evening. All of those people were in there to get snow tires at the very last minute. When we drove back home hours later, the bays and parking lot were still full and there were more cars parked along the road. All these latelings had only a couple of hours left before the storm was due to hit 
and they still did not have their snow tires. Would the store close? I mean, it was Sunday evening after all, and some of them, would, would they be turned away? The funny thing in this is that the storm was being predicted for days in advance. It was no surprise. Even back before Thanksgiving, there were forecasts predicting a big snowfall for New England starting Sunday afternoon. Yet, here it was two hours before the storm and people were all jammed up at the last minute to get snow tires. What were they all doing for the past many days that was so much more important? Today's tire store was a good reminder of how the majority of the general public will react to a crisis. They will wait until the last minute and all show up at once. Back to Proverbs 23.3, a wise prepper should anticipate this and avoid that crowd. I have a friend who just happens to work in a tire store, not the one that's pictured above, but he reports that business has been crazy busy ahead of this storm. People have been waiting in line for hours to get to the sales counter. They've waited for hours for their car to get worked on. No one is having a good time. Which would you prefer to be in? In the last minute crowd or home and all set? As tempting as it might be to make one last run for supplies before the trouble hits, you are more likely to spend a lot of time waiting with the crowd of impatient procrastinators and not really getting more prepared than you were. From prior experience, it is also likely that by the time you get into the store, whatever you went for will be sold out. Store inventories are seldom geared for the peak crowds. A prepper mindset would have those supplies already stocked up or would have at least taken the first hints of trouble to come to quickly assess things and fill any gaps. With the storm now underway, it's nice to enjoy the peace of mind that comes from knowing the homestead is prepped to handle a sizable winter storm. If we can't get out tomorrow, no big deal. If the power goes out, it will not be an OMG moment. Prepping doesn't have to be about tinfoil hat scenarios. Prepping at the practical level is about peace of mind. So there is a postscript here that he put in there and it said the S hit the fan or the snow hit the fan. And he actually has a picture of his uh, chicken runs and uh, the different, uh, I guess, paths that he has to the chickens and stuff that he has uh, had to uh, dig out because of uh, all the snow that was there. So you can always go and check that out. I think that's kind of funny. A lot of snow hit. It looks like more than 18 inches to me, but um, you know, there's, there's a lot of snow. And so uh, he has a, a little postscript here. It says, the weathermen were right this time. The two-day storm, soon to be a three-day storm, hit and dumped 18 inches on our area of New Hampshire. It was instant winter. All those poor souls who showed up late at the tire store were stuck, perhaps literally, with their summer tires when the storm hit. All right, so short article there, but a lot of great information and a great reminder because, you know, life happens and we tend to just start plugging along and we get busy and things get going. And if we're not thinking about what's out there and really, I guess, being quote unquote prepared, we can fall into this same trap as well, where we are caught with the crowd trying to you know, get those last minute items that we need. So the preparedness mindset makes a lot of sense. I know that I've talked about our experiences here in the Houston area when we've dealt with hurricanes and there was hurricane or dealing with hurricanes pre my preparedness years, right? And then there's dealing with hurricanes after you decided to start preparing and you've realized how important it is and what a big difference it is to be prepared. And one of those things is, 
that he was talking about here is just that it's being forecasted for days. We see the same thing here. Now, I'll tell you, after Hurricane Harvey hit, the, the hurricane and the storms that we were getting after that, people seemed to listen to the weatherman just a little bit uh, sooner. You know, they would make moves to the store sooner than they would have in the past because Hurricane Harvey was just a big deal, man. And it disrupted the city big time, right? I mean, the city came to a standstill for a whole week. I mean, you think about the the Metroplex, the Houston Metroplex and, and all that it covers. It came to a standstill. And so people were a little bit more, I guess, you know, proactive and getting out there to the stores. But even before that, you know, when we dealt with Ike and we dealt with, you know, Hurricane Katrina and those types of things, you know, people would wait to the very last minute, to the day before the storm or, you know, two days before the storm. But if you are preparedness minded and you know that there is, for instance, for me, that there is a storm in the Gulf and the models are sending it close to where I'm at, I'm going to go way ahead of the crowds and I get the pick of everything that I want. I don't have to go and, and, and pick, you know, harmony off the shelves because I'm afraid my family's not going to have anything to eat, right? I get to pick anything that I want. So I have some things that I've written down that I want to share with you on just some ideas here as I was reading this article and some things that I jotted down. So whether you are a new prepper or you are an experienced prepper, all of these things will be beneficial. And I'm hoping that I'll give you something here and even some strategies that might help you in your preparedness. I do know that there are a lot of new preppers or people listening to this podcast. Uh, I'm hearing from you through email and uh, you know, you're going through all the different episodes and you know, here are some great things. But like I said, experienced preppers, it, it's always good to go back back and to look at these things and consider where we are. A lot of the times we think in our head because we've been prepping for so long that we have some things settled or we have this or that and it's all taken care of. And then we go back and we realize, you know what, um, you know, somebody, some, a kid borrowed this or someone didn't put that back and it's not in the place in, that we thought, or maybe we don't have as much food storage as we thought we had. And so, you know, it's always good to revisit some of these things. So, Let's talk about some of these things that we can do so that we don't procrastinate. The first thing is this. Ask yourself, what are you prepping for? Now, don't just look at the big SHTF events. That's one of the fallacies when you get into the preparedness community is, you know, the sexy stuff is going to be all the bug out bags and the EMPs and the, you know, the the grid going down and, and all of those things. But, you know, life in, in life, there are just so many more things to be prepared for. So many more things that you can be prepared for that, that will rise up way, way before if there's ever an EMP, ever an EMP, right? So that is one of those probable things. There's, you know, terrorism and nuclear war. And, and you know, people will say, if you prepare for the big ones, you'll be ready for the small ones. But the problem is, is that when you think of the big ones, sometimes they're so overwhelming. It's like, man, in order to be prepared for an EMP, I need to be like completely self-sufficient, right? I need to be able to, to be in a place where I know that I'm never going to the store again. But when you're thinking about small things like a winter storm or, and don't get me wrong. I mean, I know that they're not just small things, but when you're talking about it's not the end of the world, but a weather event, whether it's a big rain event or a flooding or a hurricane, you know that you're going to have some discomfort. You know that there's going to be some downtime, but things are going to get back to normal afterwards. 
So again, the big question is, what are you prepping for in your area? So in, you know, up north, you guys are dealing with winter and you, I mean, you really have winter. I'm here sitting here in Houston, uh, recording this podcast on December 8th, Sunday, December 8th, and I'm running my air condition because it is so warm outside. And uh, just the weather is so freaky and maybe you can hear it in my in my uh, voice, in my nose. I'm dealing with allergies because the weather is warm and cold and you need a light jacket in the morning and then you're peeling everything off in the, in the, you know, the afternoon because it's so warm, right? And so you have these things that you're dealing with. So uh, I'm not dealing with winter storms where, you know, you people up north are dealing with it, but I'm dealing with, you know, allergies and stuff like that. Or, you know, I'm de- I might be dealing with a hurricane or a rain event or different things like that. So what is specific to your area? What is specific to where you live? And if you are new to an area, then ask around. Say, hey, what kind of weather events do we have here? I mean, you have an idea because of where you might be, but there might be some things that you don't think about, right? If you're living up in the mountains and you've never lived there before, you might not think about mudslides. You might not think about fires and things like that if you've never lived in a really wooded area. And so you can ask around if you're new to an area. And if you're not new to an area, if you've lived at a certain place, a certain area all your life, then you have some experience of what kinds of things to be prepared for. And so you can start to put those things in place. So the big thing here is what are you prepping for? So these people that were, you know, here dealing with or that Mick was writing about, you know, they live in a place where they need snow tires in New Hampshire. And so when you start hearing about the weather changing, that's one of those things that it's like, man, I know that I'm going to need winter tires. I need to replace my tires because winter is coming. And so I need to go ahead and start preparing to do that. And you, and you put you have that mindset. So what are you prepping for? Let's move on to the next thing is, is this. Create a plan for what you need to be better prepared. Now, I'm not talking about sit down and write your whole bug out plan, you know, end of the world plan. I'm talking about look at your situation, look at your local situation and and write out a plan so that you will feel better prepared. Again, we're not going for the big EMPs. We're going for, for what is more probable, what is probable in the area that you live in, right? Do you do you have to deal with fires? Do you have to do deal with winter storms or hurricanes or tornadoes and all those things? So let's create a plan and be specific. So for instance, if you're dealing with a hurricane, you want to write down what would I need to be better prepared for dealing with a hurricane. And so writing things down and making sure that you have some goals put down with some time frames, right? If you're coming into hurricane season, maybe a month before you want to start, you want to have some things in place. Maybe you don't have, maybe you've gone through a time where you haven't had any power. Power has gone out. And so one of your goals is I want to have power, you know, and I want to make sure that I have a power a month before hurricane season starts or a month before winter storms start happening. And so, uh, you know, I, as you start thinking about that, do I want to go the generator route? Do I want to have an inverter that I can plug into my vehicle? Do I want to go with a propane? Do I want to go, you know, dual fuel generator? Do I just want to go completely solar? And you're, start, you're able to start 
you know, getting some of these things down, when you write it down, it's so much easier for you to kind of process it. You know, sometimes we put things in our head and it just like we just deal with it in our head and, and we just leave it there. But when you put it down on paper, there's something that happens. There is a, a mental connection there when you when you do that. And something that we talk about in education, you know, when you're taking notes, there's people that are very audible and they can just listen. But when you take notes and you actually write it down, there is a connection there. And so writing it down, creating some goals, putting some time uh, to those goals. You know, I want to have this done by this amount of time or I want to have this done by this date. That's a very powerful thing to do. And you're always able to go back and look at that. If that's something you keep on your refrigerator or that's something that you keep, you know, on your desk and and you're able to see that. And that's a great reminder of, you know, the fact that you need to be prepared and you need to be working towards this goal. Now, I want to give you a strategy here on getting better prepared. And this is a strategy that I learned a long, long time ago, and you can apply it to so many different things. So this is what it looks like, right? And I'm going to go ahead and do it uh, in the, you know, in the preparedness uh, viewpoint and perspective. So the strategy first is this, whatever you want to get prepared for. So let me use the example of a hurricane. So what does it look now? What does my situation look like now? So if hurricane season is coming and I want to be better prepared, I'm going to say, what does it look like now? I'm going to write this down. Well, uh, it looks like I don't have uh, water and I don't have food and I don't have power if the lights go out. If a hurricane comes and it, uh, the winds are really strong and they rip off my roof, I don't have any anything that I can do, um, you know, some repairs temporarily until I can get some roofers out to fix those things, right? We've had some friends who lost part of their roof and they didn't have a way to cover it up. So when it rained the next couple of days, they got rain inside of their home, right? Or water inside of their home. And so there, there's some things there that I want to make sure that I have. So what it looks like now is I don't have these things, these items to be better prepared, right? So then what would it look like and what would make me feel better prepared? Well, then here are the things. So I'm going to go ahead and write these things down. So this is the second step. I'm going to write down, I'd like to have at least a week worth of food that doesn't take a lot of preparation to cook. So that might be just canned foods. That might be stuff like ravioli and, and, and things like that, that I can just open up a can and maybe not all, you don't want to just completely survive on ravioli. It might be freeze dried food, right? That you can heat up some water and use. You might, if you're a coffee drinker, I want to be able to have coffee. I want to be able to, you know, use cream and, and I want to have all those different kinds of things. So I want to be able to have food to survive for a week because we during Hurricane Ike, there's people that did not have electricity for a full week. During Hurricane Harvey, probably even longer, right? So I don't know, you might want to say one week, two weeks worth of food. I want to have water to be able to cook my food. I want to have water to be able to um, you know, brush my teeth and wash my face. And I might not be able to take a shower. I might have to travel somewhere to take a shower or I might need to do something like a sponge bath or, you know, just wash those areas of my body that really need to be washed. You know, if I'm in a situation, maybe I'm like, you know, in a winter storm where I can't get out of the, the house, right? I want to be able to have water, enough water to get me through 
that week or those two weeks. And so then you start processing that. What is that going to look like? You know, for some, if it's just two weeks, that might be easy. You could go get cases of water. You can go get, you know, bottles of water and and go that route. Uh, Those of you who have maybe a 55 55 gallon drum, you might want to get a 55 gallon drum and kind of go from there. Right. And so, you know, you start handling the water thing. How am I going to cook it? So you start processing that. Well, I'm go- I want to have a camp stove. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get a, uh, I would have a camp stove. So what would it look like? What would it, well, how would I feel better prepared? I would have a camp stove with those small propane, uh, you know, tanks that I can connect so that I can cook or boil water and heat up water for, for coffee and, and whatever I need to do, I can use that for cooking. I would also have my grill. I can use my grill to barbecue and, and to, you know, to do whatever is there. I can use that in, in a way to, to cook. So I have a couple of ways of, of cooking. Then what else would you want to go to? You know, you might want to say, I want to have some repairs. I want to have some tarps. I want to have some, some boards, some two by fours. I want to have some nails that I can uh, get up on the roof. If when you know, we lose some of our our, our roof. I want to be able to make sure that water doesn't get in and it doesn't cause more damage. So I want to be able to have some small repairs or ways that I can repair my roof. And so you start listing all these things of what it would look like if you were prepared for a hurricane. What would it look like? And you start imagining all those things. And then the third step is this. You look at the difference between step one, where what your situation looks like now, and that third step of what it looks like when you're fully prepared and you start making a list of the things that need to happen in order for you to be fully prepared. And that's just an easy strategy. So the strategy would be, I want to have two weeks worth of food. All right. So what do I need to do? I need to go get some canned foods. I need to make a menu. I need to purchase some freeze dried food. Uh, I need to, you know, have these kinds of things in place. I want to have two weeks worth of water for cooking. I want to have two weeks worth of water for hygiene purposes, right? And so you start putting those things in place. There were places during Hurricane Harvey that they were told that they could not use their water. So they could flush their toilets, but they couldn't you know, take a shower or they couldn't brush their teeth or they couldn't drink out of the faucet. So you, know, you have these things already in place. So you have two weeks worth of water. You know, what would it look like for the repairs? So I need to go to Home Depot and I need to get some two by fours and I need to get some roofing nails and I need to buy some tarps. Maybe I go to Harbor Freight and get some cheap tarps and maybe I get some, you know, some uh, really thick mill, you know, four mil, six mil plastic from Home Depot. And, and I use that. So I have that prepared for my roof if I need to make some, some uh, repairs temporarily so that more damage doesn't happen to my home. Maybe I go get an inverter or maybe I get a generator to be able to power my phones up. You know, during Hurricane Harvey, phones were working, cell phones were working. And so that's one thing that, you know, we we all had our phones. We were able to communicate with people. We were able to see what was going on in the world, right? And what was going on around Houston. So I mean, part of that was because I have a lot of battery uh, battery uh, banks and, and solar panels and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And so having power wasn't a big deal. Being able to con- connect my inverter to my truck that, you know, my gas was, my tank was completely full. I had 30 gallons worth of gas, right, in my 
truck to be able to run my refrigerators or inverter that would run my refrigerators and I can keep things cold and frozen and things like that. And so that might be part of your list as well. So that strategy is a very powerful one so that you can go through and, and write down exactly what you need. What What is the situation like now? What would it look like when you're fully prepared? And then what steps will get me fully prepared? What do I need to do? What do I need to buy? What do I need to do? What kinds of steps do I need to take to be fully prepared? And so you're able to see it all instead of just trying to guess it through or just trying to figure it out on your own or just trying to go blind. You have a plan in place. So a great strategy. Have a plan. All right. So I kind of killed that one to death. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Next, I'd love to say this. Don't disregard small, consistent moves to getting better prepared. So that's one of the things that I see from people is like, man, I don't have the money to be prepared. I can't make these big purchases. I can't make, I can't go out and buy land. I can't go out and, and buy, you know, uh, a year's worth of food. And I'm like, no, that's not the way that most people do it. You make small moves, you know, daily, weekly moves, monthly moves, and all these things begin to add up over time. So, yeah, you might not have two months worth of food storage. You know, all you might not just go to the grocery stores and, and, and do two months worth of food storage all at one time. There are some people that can do it. And if you can do that, more power to you. But most people are going to have to build up their food storage over time. So if you can add to your food storage weekly, Again, I think you need to plan. I think if you just start adding cans, I don't think that's the smart thing to do. But if you have a plan, you can add to your food storage weekly. You can add to your water storage weekly. Maybe going to the grocery store and buying uh, you know, a case of water. There's people that I know that do that every week, right? And they, they have it on a rotation basis, but they have somewhere between 6 to 12 cases of water in their home at all time. And again, they're rotating it out, but they, they have that there available. So if something was to happen, and again, like a hurricane or something happened you know, very, very quickly, they have a lot of water already. Now, 12 cases, some people would say that's not a lot when you compare it to 55-gallon drums and things like that. But I guarantee you, uh, I'd rather have 12 cases of bottled water than no cases of bottled water, right? And so there's people that do that. There's people that, you know, we're going into a holiday season, right? And you're, there's Christmas parties. I see, you know, hear about people having Christmas parties and, and you're going home, you're going to people's homes and you're doing all different kinds of things and just ask for two liter bottles. And you can use those two liter bottles to store water. And I'm not going to go, you know, uh, the intricacies of how you go about doing that. It's not very difficult. We've talked about that many, many times. But using two liter bottles, if they store soda in, in bottled in two liter plastic bottles, you can store water. You just got to clean them right. So, you know, you can add to your water storage weekly. What would happen if you added one or two liters or two liter bottles, you know, one to two, two liter bottles every single day or every single week to your water storage? What would that do? You know, how, how would that add up over time? What about saving money every month? You know, like Todd, I don't have an emergency fund. I don't have you know ways to you know to to be able to depend on if I have a financial emergency. But if you're saving money every single week, every month, that begins to add up, and so you're able to. So what? You're able to put away five dollars, ten dollars, fifty, a hundred dollars. I think I'm going to go back and say 
That's why I think everybody should have some uh, some kind of a micro biz, right? Your know, micro business where you're able to bring in some extra money. But if you're able to do a little bit at a time and you're able to save that money, that that adds up over time. Think about retirement. Think about the, you know those of you that have 401ks or you know Roth IRAs or you're investing money and you invest a little bit over time and then when you retire you have this big sum of money that you or at least you hope you do if there's no you know economic crash or anything like that that you you know that's what you at least that's what people are banking on that there's going to be this huge amount of money when they retire that they'll be able to live on it's not something that they had when they you know just at one time they didn't have all that money at one time they built that up over time through investments. And it's the same idea when we talk about getting better prepared. What about adding to your first aid? We, we always talk about, and Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy have, have mentioned this many, many times, but in a true SHTF situation, you know, a lot of people think that they have you know supplies, their first aid supplies. Those things are going to go very quickly. Gauze is going to be used up. You know, pads are going to be used up. You know, you're going to use up your first aid supplies. So what if you added... To your first aid supplies every week, just a little bit. You added some gloves, you added some gauze, you added some tape, you added some pain medicine, you added, you know, whatever it might be, but you added a little bit over time and you're just being purposeful and that makes a big, big difference. What about this one? What about, let's not just talk about gear and things that we can buy. What about your own skills? Think about how you have grown in your job or how you have learned, right? You didn't go to school as a first grader, a kindergartner as a first grader, and then all of a sudden you're able to do algebra, you're able to do chemistry, or you're able to write big, long papers. Over time, you went, you know, there it was, it was uh, first grade and second grade and third grade, and you learned a little bit more each and every day. And think about how you learn now for your job. When you go on, you know, on your job and you start your job, you you don't know everything you need to know your first day. You know, and there might, I don't know, there might be some places where they do expect you to know a whole lot, you know, depending on what exactly you you do. But even, you know, moving from one company to the next, even if it's the same type of job, you still need to learn the way that you know, the company does things and you still need to learn that company culture and things like that. So that happens over time. So what about learning new preparedness skills? So that's why I think reading articles is so important. That's why Prepper website is such a popular place to go because people will go. And so maybe you don't read all the articles on Prepper website, but maybe you go over there daily and you look at the, you know, one or two articles that, pique your interest and you read them at some point. Maybe you don't even read them. Maybe, you know, I did a a video not too long ago about adding articles to the pocket app. And maybe you, you add it to your pocket app. You take a moment to add an article to your pocket app and you let the pocket app read it to you while you're driving, while you're on your way home, right? And so you can you can do that. You can read articles. You can learn that way. You can listen to podcasts. You know, hopefully you learned something so far. You'll learn something in every podcast. You're, you're able to pick up one or two things, maybe more things that are beneficial and helpful to your preparedness. And think about all the other types of podcasts that are out there. 
you know, I love the reviews and when people say, hey, the best uh, preparedness podcast out there, but there's a lot of other preparedness podcasts out there too. And you can learn from their experiences and learn from their guests that they're bringing on. And there's a lot of great uh, other great preparedness podcasts out there. There's a lot of other podcasts out there that you can learn on whatever or learn about different topics, whatever your interest in, there is a podcast out there. From what I understand and what I hear, podcasts are just going to get more and more popular out there. And there's going to be a podcast for every niche. So what about reading books? Getting a book and reading it and you're able to focus in on that book, on that topic, whatever it might be, right? Uh, Bushcraft, wilderness survival, you know, food preparation, whatever it might be. Maybe listening to audiobooks. You know, that's the one thing that I've been doing now for a while is listening to audiobooks and learning so much. And you're able to process that over and over and over again. And uh, again, if you if you like podcasts, I think listening to audiobooks is one of those great things that you can do. And you can focus in on a topic and learn a lot there. So don't disregard the small, consistent moves that you can make every day, every week to get better prepared because they all add up over time. Next, I want to say this, stay aware of what is going on. And so when I say that, a lot of the times I'm talking about all the major things that are going on in the world. But for this podcast episode right here, what I want to say is first, let's start off with weather. You know, this article talked about the weather and the winter storm that was going on. And I think that that's important. I think that we as preppers need to be aware of the weather and what is happening. And so I think it's, it's, hasn't been any easier than what we have nowadays. You remember back in the day when you would have to watch the 10 o'clock news to get the weather, or you would have to, you know, get the weather from the paper if you got the paper. And, and maybe, I don't know, maybe you had a, a, a weather radio or something like that. I know that we didn't have that. I mean, the way that we got the weather forecast for the next day was we watched the 10 o'clock news. That's the way it was. But nowadays on your phone, you can get a weather app. And, you know, they're pretty good. There's a lot of great information. Not only do they have the weather, they break it down by hour. They extend it, you know, the week. Um, A lot of the times, depending on what weather app you choose, they have a radar, you know, connected to it. And so there's a lot of other things and benefits. If you have a smartphone, I think you should have a weather app that you can just quickly bring up the weather. And so you know what's going on. And maybe it's not because of the winter storm or a hurricane or whatever. Definitely, I don't think that, you know, that that should be the reason. But just being prepared out there. Hey, I might need a, a rain jacket. I might need my umbrella. I might need to layer my clothing today, you know, or hey, they're forecasting uh, a drop in in the temperature you know, at noontime, I think it was it was always really funny. You always knew those parents who didn't watch the weather because kids would come to school when I was on the campus and I had bus duty. Kids would come to school in shorts and little sleeveless shirts and different things like that. And, uh, you know, it was just like a regular. It felt like a regular old Houston day at 80 degrees. And then by noontime by two o'clock by the time that they were getting ready to uh, wind up going back home I mean it was freezing everybody needed to have a jacket on and so those poor kids were just freezing you know getting on the bus and and you could see that and so just you know how how uh, great is it to be able to just turn on your phone open up your phone and go to a weather app but I have something else for you for those of you that don't like weather apps and maybe you're not 
uh, happy with that. You know, I, I've come to realize a lot of people are still very, very tied to email. And that's one reason why I started that, you know, the Prepper website email group that you can find out information at, at prepperwebsite.net. I, I'm learning more about that. People are tied. So for instance, some of you will wake up and the first thing in the morning when you when you get up, you're looking at your email because maybe your job requires that. Maybe overnight you got an email and, and you need to deal with it. I know that before I get to the office, sometimes I have four or five emails that I need to I need to address as soon as I get to the office. And sometimes there's emergency emergency things going on that I need to make sure that I rush to the office to be able to handle. And so some people use their email quite a bit and they're in there quite a bit. So there are email weather alerts that you can subscribe to. So one is an alert from AccuWeather.com. And I've been playing around with this one. So you go to the link and I have the link in the show notes. So you can click over there, straight over there to this email alert and sign up for it if you want to. And uh, you type in your email address and then you type in your zip code so that they can send you the correct weather forecast. And then you can say, do you want it one time? Like when do you want it? Uh, What time of day? And so of course, if you are wanting to know what you need for the day, you would want it in the morning. And so you, you know, I have mine set for like, you know, 530, right? And so I get an email at 530, but I also wanted to see what it would be like if I got an afternoon email as well. And so I signed up for the noon email and I'm probably going to go in there and change my preferences, but I wanted to test it out to see what it was like. And so sure enough, I got an email in the morning, I get an email at noontime and it's pretty much the same. uh, It's pretty much the same forecast. You know, there's not really any big changes there. Uh, One of the things that I did notice is that there is one or two degrees difference from AccuWeather compared to my weather app that I have. Now, there's a lot of different weather apps out there. Um, I would recommend that you go to your store, whether it's Android or you know uh, the iStore, um, whatever iPhone's store is called. I'm sorry, I don't know. I don't have an iPhone, but anyway, that you go there and uh, just you know look at one, look at those weather apps that have been downloaded like many, many times. And uh, you know those apps are usually really safe. And then look at the ones that, you know, look at the reviews and look at what it does and download a couple of them and see which one you really like. But then you have this email, again, from AccuWeather. And then when I was doing some research, I found over at weather.gov, and there is a specific email or URL uh, that I'm going to provide for you in the show notes. But there was all different kinds of email alerts. As I was going through there were weather alerts, but there were like earthquake email alerts. And there were just a lot of different alerts that you could subscribe for so uh, or subscribe to. So I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes. And so you can go over there if that's something that you're interested in. And uh, you can get those alerts through email. And maybe you you live in your email kind of like I do. And so you can go ahead and, and get those alerts. And uh, maybe test them out. There's always, you can always unsubscribe from them. You know, these are big big players, right? So they're not going to take your email and steal it and and sell it and give it away. All right. So another thing is when we're talking about weather is connect. If you are on Twitter and I know I talk a lot about social media and I don't like it and, uh, but I'm still on Twitter because for a lot of reasons, I'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a minute. But on Twitter, if you're on Twitter, follow your local emergency services. So 
I follow HPD, Harris County Sheriff's Department, the emergency management systems. I even follow the FEMA, uh, the FEMA Twitter handle for my area, right? Because I want to make sure that, you know, I, I'm up to date on what's going on, or at least I want to know what they're saying. So I have followed those people in my Twitter and those are, you know, people that are, I'm looking for. Now they don't, they don't always tweet all the time. There's, they only usually tweet when there's something going on. So like when HPD, when something big is going on in the Houston area, they tweet that out. When Harris County, something big is going on, the fire department, I follow them. And so you can follow your local emergency services on Twitter. Now you can also connect on Facebook for local weather events and things like that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Facebook. You know it. You know that I'm not. Uh, I don't believe, I don't want to shut down my Facebook account because uh, Facebook, your Facebook account still lives on their servers. I still want to be in control of it. But uh, there are places that you can go that will talk about weather and different things like that. I know I follow some uh, different solar uh, solar you know, EMP type stuff, you know, people are talking about solar, solar weather is what I'm trying to say here. If I can get it, to, if I can spit it out and, um, uh, I'm gonna have to wrap it up here pretty soon. My throat's starting to hurt with all the talking that I'm done doing and the allergies that I'm dealing with. But, uh, anyway, so on Facebook, there are pages that you can, uh, that you can follow. Um, not so much, it's not like Twitter, but there are places out there. There might be one specific to your local area. So as we continue talking about staying aware of what's going on, uh, not only weather, but even crime and local happenings. Uh, again, I'm going to recommend uh, there are some Facebook pages. So there are some that I would go to that talk about crime in my area. And they are they talk about things that the local news is not going to talk about. They, they talk about things that Twitter that I'm not going to see on Twitter because it's local to my area. And some so there are some Facebook pages that are specific to your neighborhood. Now, again, Going in and being involved with Facebook, I mean, you got to decide on how much you want to do on that. I am very careful about what I post and, and what I like and all those different kinds of things. You know, a lot of people tag me on things and I just don't even really respond to it. I just, I, I'm very careful about that, but there's still some useful things out there. So you can connect with different Facebook pages that will talk or Facebook groups that will talk about crime in your local area or local happenings. You know, if you don't want to do Facebook, there are, uh, there's another app called the next door app and uh, that's pretty good. Now you're going to have, uh, you can dial down into your neighborhood or into your local area. If you, if it's not just your, your neighborhood and, uh, you can get information, people will post on things that are going on. Now, sometimes it's that like, uh, uh, nosy neighbor type stuff. And you might have to deal with those kinds of posts that people will like, Hey, you know, I saw this thing happening over here. And it's kind of like, really, that's, that doesn't, uh, you know, pertain to anything really, really big. But anyway, there's still people that are paying attention out there. And so you can deal with that. And the, the next door app also has, um, it's kind of like has a Craigslist feel to it as well, because there's places where you can go to find things that people are giving away for free and people are selling. And it's in your local, a lot of the times, you know, like five miles away from where you're at, right? It's your, really close to you. It's your local area. So that next door app might be something that you can do to stay aware of what is going on. Definitely during Hurricane Harvey, the next door app was very, very beneficial to me. We were hearing a lot of things. We were, we were finding out a lot of things of what was going on in our own neighborhood. 
And then when we talk about staying aware of what is going on, of course, you want to stay aware of major news and things that are happening around the world because we are so interconnected nowadays that things that happen in one part of the world can have an effect here, even if it's perceived it can still cause ripple effects within populations. So one of the things you can do is go over to Prepper website. I have the alternative news hub that is very popular. Again, that is like the second most popular art, um, page on Prepper website. And so you go over there and people are, are, are hitting that, I mean, so often, multiple times a day. And there's a lot of great information over there because we link to a lot of different news sources. And then what I do is I use Twitter for this. So some people get upset with me because I don't follow them on Twitter. But what I do on Twitter is I follow news organizations. And that's where I get my news and it's pretty powerful. You know, if you are tracking something like, for instance, you're tracking the riots in France or you're trying to figure out what's going on, you can go search and man, people are posting all kinds of things on Twitter. And so you can find out a lot of information. And so if if you want to find out news type things and maybe you're not familiar with Twitter, what I would recommend is go get a Twitter account. And then go over to my page and go to the people that I'm following and follow all of those that are not local, right? Not my local, my local areas and different things like that. And then or local services. And then, you know, you can start listening and, and following those in your feed. And so you go to Twitter every so often. I go to Twitter to see if there's anything new going on in, in the world. And, you know, it's just to me, I can stay up to date. So I think that's great when we're talking about staying up to date on what is going on. And then lastly, let me close out with this. As we talk about getting better prepared, you need to make sure that you learn from your previous mistakes. So if you weren't prepared for whatever reason, then don't allow that to happen to you a next time. Learn from your mistakes. So I've talked about this before, that there was a time where uh, we were experiencing a hurricane. This was before we were uh, into preparedness. And we went to the store like everybody else was going to the store and there was nothing there. And it's really easy to get there and you start to panic because like, hey, if this store is out of food, the other stores are out of food and the hurricane is coming, you know, tomorrow. And what are we going to do? Right. And so we're going to we're going to have to survive on what we have at home. And and we might not want to do that. I mean, you know, you can survive. It's not the end of the world as you know it, but it's not as comfortable as you would have wanted it to be. We learn from that experience that we don't ever want to be in that situation again. You know, when when people wait for the last minute to go get batteries and, and all the different things, water and all that kind of stuff, you don't we don't want to be in that situation. So you're we we're not because we're better prepared for that because we learned our lesson. And so that's one of the the, the big deals is if You've gone through a situation in your life where you were not prepared. Learn from that lesson and make changes so that you can be better prepared so you don't repeat that mistake. And then if you need to, send reminders to yourself. Send reminders to yourself to be prepared and, and to look at different things. And, and, you know, when winter is coming, there is, there is specific thing, you know, calendars. Like if you have the Google Calendar or Microsoft Outlook Calendar or whatever calendar app you use, you can go in there and set appointments or set reminders. And you can do that to remind you like every, every year at this time, right? You might want to do that for your anniversary or birthdays or whatever. But you can also do that for, 
hey, at this time, uh, at this time on this day, I want to set a reminder to check my smoke alarms and my carbon dioxide alarms. At this time, I want to remind myself to go do a visual check on my food storage. On, on this date, I want to remind myself to go get my snow tires. On this date, I want to remind myself to get my heater and my furnace checked out by, you know, by someone that can come and, and, and make sure that everything is, is good and there's no gas leaks or whatever. You know, you can set those reminders so that you are ahead of the game. So you are better prepared. And so that's a strategy that I use as well. And hopefully you would use that too. So guys, there's a, a lot of information there that I shared with you. Hopefully you can use some of this. Hopefully you can uh, use that strategy. Like Again, like I said, that strategy works for so many different um, situations and, and, and scenarios. And it doesn't have to be just preparedness. You can do that for any aspect of life and uh, you know, go from there. So hopefully that would be, that was very beneficial for you. And uh, just get better prepared. So you're not like some of the people that are out there that are going to wait and procrastinate to the very last minute. And then because of that, their families are left in a lurch. They are left, you know, with, with anxiety because they have to face this emergency situation, not being prepared because they waited so long. And that's, we'd never want to be in that kind of situation. Well, guys, that is it for this article. Like always, remember, I'm going to link to it in the show notes and you can go over to Mick Rowland's website, mick-rowland.com, and you can go read it there. Check out that picture. I think that's a great picture of his uh, chicken run and his his uh, coop and then uh, the path that he had to make to go ahead and get over there. And then also uh, you can go and interact. You know, there's comments there and, and you can ask questions and, and interact over there in that community. And so like always, that's going to be linked in the show notes. Well, guys, that's it for episode 613. Hey, don't forget, if you are not subscribed to the show, hit the subscribe button in whichever podcast catcher you are listening to us right now. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And I'd love for you to connect with me. I have a link in the show notes where you can join the Prepper website email list. And when you join the email list, I'm going to give you a free PDF of the 25 hand-picked preparedness articles that you should read. And I'd love for you to be able to get that PDF and to be part of the preparedness community. I send out an email usually on Tuesdays and also on Saturdays. I send out the Saturday prep. I'd love for you to be able to get part of or get, get that and be part of the preparedness community in that way. And then don't forget to head on over to Prepper website where we have great articles every single week, every single day. We uh, link to somewhere between eight to 12 articles and a lot of great information. And then we have pages like the Alt Alternative News Hub. We have pages dedicated to DIY, to firearms, to frugal living, to even conspiracy theories. We have uh, a lot of great information over there. And so I'd love for you to go over to Prepper website and check that out and uh, be a part of that website over there. And so with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next week, stay prepped and aware. Peace.